defined by all the things I've done Afraid my shame would be exposed Afraid of really being known But then you gave my heart a home Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville, my guest won New Artist of the Year earlier this month at the prestigious Dove Awards presented by the Gospel Music Association, making her one of only two independent artists to have won the award. She also performed and presented at that event. Earlier this year, her debut album, As Sure As The Sun, was released to huge acclaim, hitting number two its first week on the Christian chart and number one in the Christian genre on iTunes and at Amazon in its first week out. She previously released two EPs that hit number one on the iTunes Christian slash gospel charts. You've been hearing one of her songs, Marvelous Light. It's my pleasure to welcome singer-songwriter Ellie Holcomb. Hi, it's so great to be with y'all today. Thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for being here and for taking time out of what I'm sure has probably become a very hectic schedule these days. (laughs) It has been very busy, but full of very good things. Absolutely. Well, it's a, a it's an understatement to say that it's it's a blessing to be as busy as I'm sure you've become. Absolutely, it is. I've not, you know, I've been in a van with my husband for a long time, and there were a lot of years when we were praying that we would be busy. <laughs> so we are very thankful. We're very thankful for and, for the work and for the opportunities that we get. Well, the Lord's time is always perfect, so as as long as you prayed, I, I know that you knew that He would answer when, when it was the time. He did. He knows what's up, that's <laughs> for sure. Well, first and foremost, obviously, congratulations on the Dove Award. I, I would like to hope that it doesn't get old hearing people congratulate you. <laughs> Not at all. I'm still, it still kind of feels like a dream that came true in real life. I, I am still in shock about it. So when people congratulate, like, when they say, congratulations, you know, I'm like, I know, I still can't believe it. It's crazy. <laughs> so That's outstanding. Well, you know, we as Christians, Ellie, we know that we don't need validation from others here on earth. Um, but but right. will will the Dove Award now help you further your music ministry? You know, I'm not sure. I know, you know, at the end of the day, it's really not about awards or any of that. Um, but it was, it was honestly, more than anything, it was just very affirming. It sort of felt like the Lord was just saying, hey, keep doing this for, for, for right now, you know, um, keep going. This is good. 
So uh, I'm not sure, you know, it definitely makes its way into introductions as people are introducing me for shows. Uh, but that's the only difference I've noticed so far. <laughs> okay, well, to be continued then, right? <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. I'm really up for whatever God has. You know, I um, feel, you know, just having done music for so long, I, I've gotten to this place by the grace of God where it, I just feel really open-handed with it. So I'm kind of up for whatever he calls me to do. I want to say yes to that and um, not to anything else. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. And and uh, listeners, uh, Ellie and I were talking off the air uh, before we started recording here, and uh, I was referencing uh, the episode of the podcast that many of you have heard me talk about quite frequently in the past with Lindsay McCall. And, you know, similarly on that episode, her message, Ellie, was sort of the same, you know, in that she said that she was doing what she thought God wanted to do, which was she thought that she was going to be a Bible translator. She was going to Moody Bible Institute, and uh, you know her friends kind of urged her to consider, you know, well, what is what is God calling you to? What does He want? You know, and and as much as you uh-huh. might think that you're doing His work, you know, have you asked yourself what does He want? So you're you're saying the same thing, just just a little different way. And and by the way, listeners, that's uh, episode eleven. If you didn't hear it, I highly encourage you to go back and download episode eleven with Lindsay McCall. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and she and, she and Ellie know each other. And so it's probably not too much of a coincidence that, that you're both saying the same thing. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's so funny. I, I, similar, similar to Lindsay's story, I actually got a master's in education. I was an English teacher for several years, for two years. And, um, it's so funny cause I just loved it. I loved teaching and I, and I bless teachers in the name of Jesus because it's not an easy <laughs> job at all. But, um, oh, it just is such a wonderful way to call the good out in young people. Um, so I loved doing that. And it was so interesting. I, I swore that I would never marry a musician and I did. <laughs> um, and I swore that I'd never marry my best friend and I did. He, oh, and he boy. happened to be a musician. So, um, it's interesting sometimes. Um, the plans that we think we have for our life, God kind of calls us out of those into something. I never imagined that I would be doing music, honestly. I kind of wanted to do the opposite of that, settle down, do something consistent, predictable. And the Lord kind of um, put it on both my husband and I's heart for, for me to leave my teaching job and join him on the road so we could be together. And we thought that'd be a year-long diversion, and eight years later, here we are still doing music. <laughs> and um, it's been a, it's been a really, it was a huge step of faith quitting my teaching job because that was our insurance. That was our consistent salary. Oh my. Um, and, and what a, what an amazing thing to say yes. I'm so glad that we weren't, we didn't let fear keep us from saying yes to what we felt like God was calling us to. Even though it was very scary, very unknown, um, very unpredictable, um, we have been able to see his provision and his guidance. Um, in our lives, I think, in a way that we ne- might not have been able to see if we had just stayed in what was safe the whole time. Yeah, that's that's great testimony. And, you know, it's I think it's another example. There's so many great stories out there in the music business. Unfortunately, you end up hearing about uh, the, the failures instead of the people that succeeded. But 
several weeks ago. I think it was maybe about six episodes back. I want to say episode 33 with Sarah Donner. Now, mind you, she's doing pop music, but Sarah Donner told a similar story of how in December she quit her day job to go all in with music, and lo and behold, she's, uh-huh. she's doing terrific for herself. So it's always nice to hear from people like yourself that you know decided that they were going to pursue their dream and, and walk away from, you know, as you say, the, the, the quote-unquote safe approach, the nine-to-five, and uh, to see it rewarded. I, I like how you said, I swore I would never marry my best friend. I swore I would. So I'm kind of thinking, like, maybe you should, I swear I will never win three Dove Awards in a row. Let's, let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> That's great. This is a great idea. I'll try it. <laughs> it's kind of it's like uh, stating a positive intention, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, um, before I get too much further into this, uh, during the show intro, we were playing your song "Marvelous Light." So, do a little storytelling here, if you would, and tell the listeners about that song. Uh, absolutely. So, so I'm an English teacher. I love reading, and I discovered this um, book series called "The Wingfeather Saga," written by a singer-songwriter and writer named um, Andrew Peterson. And it's sort of, if you could imagine his, the style of his writing, it would be like, um, you know, Tolkien and Lewis and J.K. Rowling, if they had a son, which would be a little <laughs> weird, but if they had a literary son, I, I think his name would be Andrew Peterson. That's sort of the style that he writes in. And so there's this character in this in this book series um, named Poto Helmer, and he's this reformed pirate, a pirate who's kind of changed his ways, his grandfather character. And he spends most of his life trying to hide his past and all the things he's ashamed of um, from the people that he loves the most in the world, his family. And there's this one scene in the second book without giving anything away where all of a sudden all of these secrets, his whole past that he's been trying to hide is, is exposed in front of his family and in front of a lot of other people as well. And I just remember reading this scene, um, completely tense, my shoulders are like, you know, tight, I'm an empathetic reader. <laughs> and so I will never forget, um, and I, I also just let it be said that I am a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> so I, 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 it's like my worst nightmare for all of my mistakes to be broadcast in front of a lot of people. And so um, I, I will never forget what Andrew wrote um, in this next scene after this pretty intense scene when all these secrets are exposed. He said, Poto moved about his days with wonder and peace. Because he found that his whole story had been told for the first time, and yet he was still loved. Mm. And, uh, man, I just wept reading that um, because I had spent, I grew up in a church, but I spent a lot of my life um, hiding my mistakes, hiding my struggles, because I thought that following Jesus was all about me being good enough. And what I've discovered is it's not about us being good enough at all. It's about his goodness to us when we're running hard and fast in the other direction, you know? And so there was this invitation, um, you know, I was performing with my, my husband, um, doing music, and he put a perfectionist personality in a job where it's literally like your job to perform. And, and I was 
in about 2.5 to 3 years, I was pretty in need of some very serious counseling. Mm-hmm. And I remember my counselor and, and then um, Jesus himself, too, giving me this invitation um, to say where there's truth, there's freedom. And because of what Jesus did on the cross for us, we can be both fully known and fully loved. And um, I have not known freedom uh, like I've known in the past several years of being fully known and fully loved by Jesus coming in with all of my brokenness, with all of my questions, with all of my doubt. He's big enough to handle all of that. And so um, there's just been this like freed up um, self, you know, um, that I've experienced. Uh, really, and it was right in conjunction with reading that book. So this song, Marvelous Light, really tells my story. Um, but it's a story that I kind of, that kind of resonated um, in reading that fictional character, Poto Helmer. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is what this is what's happening in my life right mm-hmm. now. And I just, I think sometimes when you, that's why fiction and, and stories are so good because we um, see truth in our own lives and in somebody else's story. And so, um, anyway, that, that book and that story is a huge, it's been a huge gift to me. Um, because I think I, it resonates so strongly with, um, with my own story and the story that's unfolding in my life. Praise God. That's beautiful. And, and obviously it sounds to me as though clearly the Holy Spirit was present as you read that book, that it did come to light. Pardon, pardon my choice of words there as you were reading it and, and you were able, you know, to see, this picture that that you just described, you know, and come to this realization that you made. It was beautiful. And then, you know, there's that, the scripture, um, a lot of my songs come from scripture. And so, um, the scripture that I could not get over is from first Peter two nine. And it's praises be to the one who's called us out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. And, and right before that section, he's talking about how you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. And um, that that we were chosen so that we could display His glory, and and we don't have to hide anymore. We don't have to be ashamed. We can approach the throne boldly because of what Jesus did on the cross. So anyway, it's really good news. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, obviously, we try to put on those false faces that you described, whether it's you know in worship or just in our everyday lives. But you know, God sees us for who we are as broken as we might be and as much as we might try to hide it from the people around us, he knows who we are and he sees in, in our hearts and he's created us in his image. So he loves us no matter how broken we are or, or how how inadequate we might feel at a, at a certain profession or, or hobby or whatever the case might be. So, you know, it, it was... It was fine with him the whole time. He was he was just waiting for the Holy Spirit to intervene and for you to come to that realization. That's right. That's exactly right. So it's been, and I think um, I'm, I'm reading this amazing book called The Gifts of Imperfection by, right now. It's by a woman named Brene Brown. And and she says she she's a basically a, a researcher. Um, she's a she's a doctor and she studies shame and the effects of shame mm. in people's lives. And um, and she talks a lot about the power of owning our story and our own stories, and and, and that means brokenness included. Um, but she says, you know, it's it's very hard to stand up in one's own story, but it's much easier than trying to run away and hide from your own story. 
and pretend like it's not there. And so um, there's been a lot of freedom for me in standing up in my own story, even in my brokenness, and acknowledging and um, asking Jesus to enter into all of that. Um, it's brought a lot of freedom. And I'm very, very grateful that he's revealed that truth to me through his spirit. Amen. Amen. So in in talking about what went into Marvelous Light, um, when you were writing for As Sure as the Sun, you were pregnant. So obviously right. that played a part in what thoughts you were putting to music. I, I'm wondering how much did that experience impact the writing that you did then? You know, it's a great question. Um, I Right before we, we got pregnant, I had been writing for my husband's band um, and had been touring with them as well. And, um, you know, I kept, our band is more in the Americana singer-songwriter world mm-hmm. um, with, like, you know, believers who are just singing what's true uh, uh, in the secular market. And so... Um, we we don't write necessarily worship songs like blatantly about about Jesus, mm-hmm. but I kept accidentally writing these songs about Jesus, mm-hmm. and I was I kept accidentally working out my faith through song. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry, I wrote another one about the Lord, and um, he just kind of said, "Babe, I, I just want to free you up to like chase that down. That's don't feel like you have to write for my thing." Um, write what the Lord's given you. And for, he didn't need to give me permission to do that, but for some reason when he did, it kind of lit a fire in me. And I was um, basically spending time in God's Word, begging Him um, to help me believe that, that His promises and His Word are true. I was walking through some very intense um, um, pain and suffering with some, some very dear friends. And um, I was needing Him to help me believe. I was sort of that the, all the whole time I was really carrying my daughter, um, I I was um, very much struggling and working through a lot of faith issues. And um, I, it was like, I believe, Lord, but I don't know how you're going to intervene in this. I don't know how you're going to show up in the middle of this brokenness. And um, it was such a strange thing to be growing a new life and to be walking through suffering at the same time with dear mm-hmm. friends. And so I think a lot of the songs... Um, are, are, were born really out of this um, praying for God to help me believe that his promises were true. And so I'd sit in his word and um, kind of let music come out. And I really, a lot of them are just prayers, you know. Um, I say help me believe in this record over and on this record over and over and over <laughs> again. And so um, what was what was sweet is um, uh, through the nine months of carrying my daughter, um, what I was seeing is I was seeing God show up in the middle of all of this suffering and all of this pain that I was walking through with my friends. Like he was showing up in ways I never even imagined that were possible. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so as I got closer to the, to the time where I was going to meet this little girl that I was carrying, I was also seeing the Lord um, mightily intervene in the midst of deep pain. And it was one of the most beautiful things. So Marvelous Light and The Broken Beautiful were songs that were written towards the end of my pregnancy. And it was so sweet because as I, as um, we got ready to welcome Emmy Lou into the world, I really, the Lord had really um, increased my faith and, and shown me that He is a God who shows up both in the heights of our joy and in the depths of our suffering. And um, 
I, I will, it, it was such a beautiful thing. So a lot of the songs that I wrote towards the beginning of the pregnancy were much more riddled with doubt and fear and questions. And then as I, as I sort of ended the, 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 time where I was carrying my daughter, um, it was like the Lord was restoring new life and new hope and, and new faith in me. It was a really beautiful process. So I feel like I birthed, a, you know, a record, you know, I had 45 songs to sing at the end of that nine months and then a little mm-hmm. precious baby girl pulled. Wow. So um, it sort of, I feel like that it carries me through, the record is sort of like a snapshot of the journey that I was walking while I was carrying my girl. Yeah, well, you know, and if you think about it, the the process that you just described and being at the beginning and being a little unsure and all of a sudden being at the end and all of a sudden your songs have changed and spiritually you've changed and you say, okay, now he has prepared me to become a mother. It's not unlike the Blessed Mother's story, you know, who at first is visited by mm. the angel and, you know, has some doubt and by the time it's ready to bring Jesus to the world, you know, her heart has, has been prepared and that sounds like it was the case with you. And, and you know, similarly, when you said, you know, you were apologizing to your husband and say, oops, you know, I, I accidentally wrote a, a, a song about my faith, you know, obviously, I, I think what happened there was, you know, your husband, and, and forgive me for, <laughs> for making assumptions, but I just think, you know, the Holy Spirit is obviously present and shows that, you know, you wrote these songs, and again, you had to kind of be given uh, what you, as a human being, thought, I need permission uh, to, you know, to pursue this, and, and so it was kind of like your husband was the last hurdle that you needed to to climb before you could say, okay, you know, I'm ready. I'm okay, ready to I'm embrace gonna... this now. That's right. And man, I was ready. I didn't even know it. <laughs> I was like, ready. They just came. The songs were just, I was, I was trying to write them down fast enough, you know? So um, it really is, it, feel, it felt like an invitation. You know, like I, I can't imagine anything that I love doing more than sitting in God's Word and, and letting music and prayer come out of that. Um, it feels extravagant almost to me. Um, and so I'm so grateful that I get to do it. That's, you know, and people say, oh, what's next? Oh, what are you doing next? I'm like, well, I don't, just more Jesus. I'm just going <laughs> to spend more time with them and yeah. and see what comes of that. And if he gives me songs, great. And if not, great. But, oh, I'm so excited to know him more and to sit in his word more um, because it changes me and it gives me hope. And it changes the way I act with my husband and my girl and everyone around me. So um, I know what's ahead. I'm not sure, uh, you know, practically what's ahead, but I know that there's more Jesus ahead, and I'm so excited about absolutely, that. Absolutely, absolutely. And as I said early on when we first began, you know, his timing is always perfect. So it, it was not an accident that you right. wrote those songs when you did write them. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus, you've heard it said before, and I have actually been this person to someone. Plus, I know that guests have even said it before in this show. But if you're just starting out, find someone loyal who truly believes in you and has your best interests at heart. Let their passion complement your passion and take the help that they're willing to give you because going it alone is tough enough as it is. 
This might be a family member or friend, but if they believe in you, they'll want to help you. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville is singer-songwriter Ellie Holcomb. Visit her official website at www.elliholcomb.com, and you'll see the proper spelling of her first and last name on whatever device you're listening to this show on. She is all over social media, too. At the top of her website homepage, there are icons to click on to link over to Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please purchase her music as well. There is also a link in that same spot on her website to go to iTunes, or you can just buy it right there through her website. Follow Ellie online also so you can stay on top of where she's performing live and when. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. That's H-E-A-R. And sign up for the e-newsletter there. And please subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it, too. Subscribing is free, and it makes it so easy to get the show every week. It'll just download automatically when a new episode comes out, so you don't even have to go looking for it. Feel free to use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. And please, I always welcome your feedback about the podcast. Post your comments on that Facebook page that I just mentioned. It's facebook.com slash nowhearthisinc. So we were talking about your having written while you were pregnant, but Ellie, the story goes that as much as you're now being considered a new artist, uh, as you've started to touch on this a little bit, but you had actually already been writing and your husband was performing what was it specifically that allowed you to hear, or maybe maybe you remember a specific day or instance that to, to hear God calling you out of the classroom to leave that teaching career and go all in with music at a time when, like you said, you know this is something that you were very committed to. You were happy teaching. You, you had a, it's you know we there, we had a, a guest um, several weeks ago on the podcast, Roxana. She's a Canadian singer-songwriter, and and her story was similar to yours in that she was a nurse and was very happy in her nursing career, and, you know, through the healing power of music, uh, was able to hear this calling for her. That was uh, episode 34, listeners, for those of you keeping score at home. But Roxana walked away from being a nurse uh, to pursue music, and, and I you know, I read that about you and wonder, um, there had to be a moment, you know, when, when... you took the you, when you found the courage and you made the leap and and just you know you've touched on it but I just wonder is there anything you know that really stood out for you in that time that made you decide you know this is this is the time yeah. this is what I'm being called to yeah that's a great question you know I um, two things stand out to me um, one my my husband um, you know we were just we had just married and he was gone for over half of the year and um i would fly out on the weekends to sing with him or sing with him whenever he was in nashville and so i sort of felt like i was you know like teacher by day singer by night and yeah. on the weekends yeah. and so um and and loved that um and I, and i will never forget we were um my grandpa my grandmother grew up on this farm, this ranch down in Texas, and we, my family goes every Thanksgiving. And we were actually down um, on my grandmother's ranch in a deer blind, and my husband, Drew, looked over at me, and he was like, Babe, I'd really love for you to start praying about maybe quitting your teaching job and joining me on the road. Mm-hmm. He was like, It's awfully lonely. And I, I married, you know, we got married so we could be together. <laughs> and I just love it. I know you love teaching and you're great at it, but I just love to see if we could 
do this together, you know, so we would see each other more. And um, so we, we started praying about it, seeking wisdom about it from other people. And I'll never forget, one of my friends said, Ellie, um, you know, so much of God's will for our life is is revealed. Like, you know, it, he tells us what he wants our lives to look like in his word. And she was like, so, and a lot of the other stuff, you know, sort of is hidden will, things that we don't really know or understand. Um, she was like, you know, I feel like a good way to start is asking, okay, can I love God first above, above anyone else if I'm a teacher? And I was like, yeah. She was like, okay, can you love God and glorify him if you're a musician? And I was like, uh-huh. She was like, okay, great. Now, can you love your neighbors and, and the people in your community um, if you're a teacher? I was like, yeah, I can. She was like, can you love your neighbors and the people that you interact with if you're a musician? And I was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and she was, went down the list, you know. Um, can you honor and serve and love your husband? Um, as a teacher, I, yes, I can. Can you do that as a musician? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and basically, she ended up saying... She yeah, was I was like, going to no, say, did she eventually get to a question that said, can you see where I'm going with this? <laughs> can you see where I'm going? And she basically was like, you know what? She was like, I think that you have a lot of freedom to to choose kind of what you want to do, to kind of follow your heart. Because I think in both situations, you're going to be able... Um, to follow Jesus and know him more and love other people as you go. And, um, and, and I said, you know, I feel like in some ways I might be able to love my husband a little bit better if we're together more, that could be nice. And she was like, well, go for it. You know? So it, it was a really sweet thing, um, um, to, to know, to be freed up, to know we can glorify him in whatever we're doing. We can love and serve him and get to know him whether we're consistently at home in a teaching job or whether we're um, a student in school or whether we're on the road in a different place every night. Um, And it's been a really sweet thing um, to kind of uh, see that uh, there's there's freedom, you know, in in what we get to spend our time doing down here uh, in in the ways that we get to glorify him. And so that was a really, like, to to be choosing a scarier, you know, more unpredictable um, thing to be a part of, you know, in terms of music, to get on the music roller coaster. It was so freeing to know, man, I can still love God and, and know Him and love the people around me, even though I'm doing this crazy job. And that sort of gave yeah. me a vision for the way that we wanted to do music. And so that was, it wasn't just, oh, let's go be famous. It was like, right, oh, man. Right. Music has healing, restorative powers it, 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 in, a, in a really beautiful way. It's been that for us. It's been a refuge for both my husband and I. It's helped us, you know, um, experience joy and make sense of the sorrow and the suffering in the world. And so, um, man, what a cool vision of like, hey, we're going to go do this. But it's not really about us. It's about loving people on the way and seeing what's true and helping bring joy and community and comfort um, and hope yeah. into a really dark world. Yeah, that's right. So that was sort of the birthplace of it for me. It, 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 it was a really beautiful beginning. Well, and you know, uh, and that's, that's again, re- referring back to episode 11 with Lindsay McCall, you know, we, we, 
I don't want to say I had a similar discussion, but I know that I was making the point about, you know, how beautiful it is to to be able to do work like I do, you know, as as an artist manager and, and in this case, you know, as an extension of my company hosting a podcast and yet be able to lift up the, the Lord's name on a podcast and and glorify him through the work that I'm doing. You know, I, I argued, I made the joke on, on that episode that I've been blessed with the gift of gab and as a result it enables me to, uh, yeah. As a result, it enables me to to do this podcast, um, and so you know everything that you're saying there. You're right because you could you could you could further his kingdom as a teacher, but it's going to be a lot more difficult if you're a history teacher, uh, you know, than if you're actually teaching religion. And if you're certainly pursuing Christian music, then by all means, uh, people are going to see it. But I think I even spoke with Lindsay, you know, saying that you could be the artist manager, or you could be the tour manager, or you could be the merchandise person and, and still uh, be doing the Lord's work here, despite the fact oh, that... yeah. Yeah, despite the fact that you're not the artist or you're, or you're not the preacher. Yeah, well, you know, it's so interesting, because the first thing that we ever see God do in the Bible is He creates. He creates. He speaks things into existence. And so I love... We are all made in His image and we're all made to create and he's given us all such different gifts that we get to use to glorify him and i just i love think there's this book by emily freeman it's called a million little ways and she kind of unpacks this idea that we are made to to create and to and to glorify god in a million little ways and it doesn't necessarily have to look like writing a song or painting a picture, although definitely those are included, but it could be creating a workplace and a business place that's full of life and um, and honesty and integrity. It could be looking like a mom creating a, an amazing meal for her family or an amazing home for to host, you know, with hospitality and welcome people in. And so I just love thinking, you know, that God called us all to create. And, and to bring beauty into the earth. And, and I love thinking about the different ways that that plays out. And that, like, each person has a different gift. And nobody else can be just like you. And nobody else can be just like me. And no one else can be like my husband. And, and, and we're all just called to be faithful with the gifts that God has given us. Yeah. And that sort of takes the pressure off of having yeah, to do yeah. anything <laughs> or accomplish this. It's just like, oh, you know what? I just want to be faithful with what God has given me and, and love the people around me well and, and, and create beauty, add to the beauty that's already here. And uh, I, that's a, a really, I, I love kind of the conversation that you're you're referencing with Lindsay because that's just such a beautiful, I, I think that sometimes our culture tends to glorify artists and people who make films and people who write and it's like, man, but we definitely need like amazing engineers right, and we need right. teachers and we need business managers and um, politicians um, to bring about beauty and, and life and light. In, well, in their realm of that they're in, you know. Yeah, and and when you talk about putting people up on a pedestal, I mean, there's there's no profession out there that that's going to make God love us more than He already does, you know. And when you talked before about uh, when you talked before about you know being in church and kind of hiding your imperfections, you know, there's there's nothing that we can achieve that's going to gain His love more than He already has for us. So again, like you said, it takes the pressure off. Yeah, it's it really makes it just a joy 
to live and to know him more. You know, you're like, oh my goodness. And to be wrapped up into a story that's so much bigger than just your own. It's oh, not yeah. just our kingdom. It's not just here. It's like yesterday, today, and forever. And we get to be a part of that, of sharing good news like that with the world. Like, I don't know. I, I think, you know, I was, uh, I was reading in that Brene Brown book. She quoted this from somebody. I can't remember who it was. But it, basically what, there was, what the book was saying is, what the quote was saying is um, we don't, you don't need to find, um, you know, your, your exact, worry about what your exact calling is. Find what makes you feel alive and do that. Because the, what the world needs is more people who are really, truly alive. That's what we need is people who are alive. And I was like, oh, man, I love that. You know, to do what makes you feel really alive and then um, to do that as best as you can to his glory, you know. Well, sure, because, you know, the the other aspect here is that this life is not about us anyways. It's about him. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't totally. matter what your profession is or even if you're unemployed because it's not. It's And that, you know, I've 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 directly applied that principle to my business and I'll tell people that the part of my business that I don't like is having the first meeting with a potential client because that's when I have to talk all about myself and all about what now here this has accomplished and can accomplish <laughs> for them. And I always say I like when I get the person's business, not for financial reasons, but because then it's all about you and not about now here this. And that's my approach to life oh, is that my that. approach to life is that it's not about Bruce, it's about God. And so if it's not about right. me, it's about him, well then shouldn't those shouldn't that same principle be applied to business practices also? You know, there's people out there that would that would say, Well, you're not a good businessman, but you know, I'm 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 a good I'm a good uh devotee to, to my heavenly father and to me that's more um. important. Absolutely. So, um, so we've yeah. been we've been talking. You mentioned your husband and and, and of course your daughter. So I want to stay on the subject um, of starting a family because I know there are young female um, clients that I deal with, and certainly plenty of others that are listening to this interview who face that big dilemma of starting a family versus delaying it so they can put everything into keeping their their burgeoning music career in an upward motion. So, since you um, obviously faced that challenge, what kind of advice can you give? based on your experience with that? That's great. Well, I, um, I'd i say that being a mom is probably my favorite thing that I've ever done that I don't know how to do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and, and I'm, I'm learning that I'm not ever going to really know what I'm doing because um, it always, you know, as it turns out, kids change, you know, about <laughs> just like I do. And so um, I think that more than anything, being a mom has shown me uh, my need for Jesus um, because all of a sudden I am so aware that there's a little person watching me and, and I'm like, oh man, this counts. I got to live this. I, I, I want her to see me running to Jesus. And so um, I, I really honestly I actually quit my husband's band um, to to be home with our little girl. We we had her and we took her on the road with us for an entire year. Mm. At two weeks um old, she was on the road and wow. um, she by the time she was six months, she'd been to thirty two states in Canada. Wow. And then by a year she'd been to most of those thirty two states again. So we were we were kinda like, you know what? We're just gonna bring her along the rats for us because at the end of the day, home is where you're your family is, you know, 
and um, and and have learned that about Jesus too. Home is where He is. Like He's the vine. So if we're plugged into the vine, whether we're at home or in some random hotel, and you know Connecticut. Jesus is our home. Like, He's our resting place. He's our life source. He's our hope. He's our identity. And so, um, it's been a really sweet thing, um, to learn, um, as, um, as a mom that maybe the best thing that I can do, and this is in God's kindness that He's shown me this, but the best thing I can do to be Emmy Lou's mom is that I can first be a daughter of the Most High God. Mm. And if I start there, um, that's a really good start, <laughs> starting with him. And, and, and I think with all of the questions with Mother, you know, so we were, she started walking, didn't love being in a car seat for seven hours a day. So I decided, you know, I think it might be a great time for me to stay home, you know, part-time with our girl and, um, and just for this season, you know, and I'm always discerning that. Like, Lord, if you want me to drop everything and, and just be her mom, I will do it. You know, so we're always kind of asking him with open hands. Like, Lord, how do you want us to love our daughter? How do you want us to love each other? Um, how do you want us to work? How do you want us to rest? And so um, I feel like basically having a really open-handed approach has been a really big gift. And we've had a lot of shifts. We've had, you know, her on the road with the, whole, the whole time with us. I've been at home with her for a little bit. And then the Lord really opened up the doors to to say, hey, you know, I think this music that you're writing is something that you should share with the world and you should tour. And I'm like going, Lord, no, <laughs> I just quit so I could be home with my little girl. Like, that was the plan. Do you remember? And but I kept sensing that if I could be any part of, of being real and authentic um, in the, to the church, in front of the church, because I just didn't know that you could be that way for so long. Um, I, I, and, and I was also seeing great power in, in His Word. It was changing me. And so I'm like, oh man, Lord, these sons have your word all woven throughout. And I, I want to say yes to being a part of, of building your kingdom. I, I don't want to say no to that. I don't want to miss out on that. And so it felt really scary to say, okay, Lord, okay, fine. I will, I will go out and I'll sing these songs and I'll release this record, even though I kind of don't want to because I was kind of ready to stay home. <laughs> um, and, and it's been so sweet. You know, it sort of felt like stepping off the side of a cliff oh um, for a family. It really was scary. Um, and it's sort of been like that scene from Indiana Jones <laughs> um, where every time I take a step in faith, I'm just saying, okay, Lord, I think this is where you're calling me. Um, and I take a step where I feel like I'm just going to fall. Um, it's like the ground comes up underneath my yeah, feet. Yeah, another one just appears. Yep, and it has been, it's again, it's like, I think saying yes to him when he asks us to do something, um, even if it's scary, has been 
such a, it's been an adventure, honestly. What a joy. And and that can be anything as big as, I'm going to start a music career, I'm going to release this record, or it could be like, I'm going to go talk to this homeless man or this yeah, homeless yeah, person. Yeah. You know, it's right here. Like, because I feel like that's what you're telling me to do, and I don't really know what to say, and it feel awkward, but I want to say yes to you, Lord. Yep. I want to listen to your voice and say yes. And so um, it's been a really beautiful thing, and certainly there are days when I'm like, this is a terrible idea, I miss my little girl. <laughs> um, but, but for the most part, he has provided, it's just been another way for us to see him provide for our family. We have amazing family members, an amazing community, an amazing nanny that he provided for us who loves our girl. And so it is just, and then she comes on the road with us too. And so I think it'll look different for every season, you know? So we're just open-handed and eyes on him, taking it a step at a time. Yeah, and when you said that, you know, you you quit teaching and went into music full-time, and all of a sudden, before you know it, it was time to go on the road, and you said this wasn't the plan. Obviously, it's a case of, no, that wasn't your plan, Ellie, but, you know, it, it's not it's not up to you as, as to what the plan is. So you eventually found out. That's right. All right, that's the first part of the interview with 2014 New Artist of the Year Dove Award winner Ellie Holcomb. Be sure to listen to part two of the conversation with her when I ask her about a particular person she mentioned in her acceptance speech at the Dove Awards, the amazing success she had with a Kickstarter campaign where she exceeded her goal by 150%. Plus, we'll play and she'll talk about the song that she performed at the Dove Awards. It's all in the next installment of Now Hear This Entertainment.